genre of now, music. Megan Thee Stallion, I'm not going Drill music or Cardi B. If Cardi B was a little Mexican girl talking like oh that, she wouldn't be popular. Gosh. Oh, my God. Do you know? They wouldn't let the little Mexican girls listen to that. Do you know? I've heard. I know, like, I think it was Nicki Minaj. She said something slick about Rosa Parks. Or it was, it was a couple different things. Let me ask you something. What would be the penalty if somebody said something slick about Bob Marley in the Caribbean when he was alive? What do you think would happen to them? Oh, that man, shit. Town Square lynching. What would happen if there was a real poppin' Eritrean artist right now? Um, Let's just say the name was DJ Solomon and they was cracking. I'm talking about the Eritrean community loved them just like how they had love for Nipsey. And can you imagine, can you imagine if that person, if there was somebody that was from there and said, and I know you told me about Holly Selassie or whatever, like how some people don't rock with him or whatever, but, but let's just say they'd be like, let's get, but let's get, okay. Ethiopia. Let's say an Ethiopian rapper gets said, man, fuck Holly Selassie. What would be the penalty for that nigga? And he was out there. Yes. Uh, it'd be a wrap. Okay, so and the government would would look a blind eye to who killed him. So that's my that's my entire point. Where when you were talking about the black conservatives, how do you how do you separate them? Some of these folks that are not foundationals, that yeah, we're black. Like me and you, be like, oh, he black. But in their mind, especially some folks from the Caribbean, they didn't we didn't. I'm saying Dominican motherfuckers. Some of them is like, Hey nigga, I ain't black. And I'm like, nigga, you is black. And they be like, nigga, I'm not like you. I'm like, what? I remember I told you before that I had a, uh, I was at Bobby's and Steve's one time. This shit broke my heart when I was a kid. I was in, well, I was probably my, you know, my 19, 20, whatever. One of my homies was trying to holler at a Somali chick. Um, and she said, and you could tell she was a little lit, you know, she was kind of into herself and some stuff. But I thought it was very interesting me watching this, this thing. And I like to bring this up for context. But he was trying to holler at her or whatever like that. And she kind of knew like, okay, yeah, this nigga ain't, you know, he ain't one of us. And she told him, the nigga don't talk to me. And he was like, what? And she, she's like, oh, nigga, you a slave or some. She said some crazy shit to the nigga. I, I couldn't believe it. we thought she was joking because she was drunk. But she was like, you know, people, when they drink, they really into how they feel. So she was like, nigga, you a slave. You're like, you ain't you ain't from the motherland, nigga. You ain't no real black man. You ain't you. You, you ain't no black man. You ain't from the motherland. You ain't one of us. And so she was like, I guess. It, so he was like, well, no, nah, we, we both black. She said, I ain't like you. She said, I'm different. She said, you ain't, you, you ain't never, she said, you ain't been to the motherland. You ain't a real black man. You a fake black man. You ain't real. I don't talk, I don't talk to African-Americans. Some, she said something crazy. I couldn't believe it. Me and my homie, we looked at each other. We were shocked. Like, what? So you have some folks with that mentality that they don't, they don't look at it like, okay, me and you, we see another black person. Yeah, you may not be from the actual soil, wherever you from, but until otherwise, we're like, okay, that's that's a brother right there, whatever. Now, if he starts talking some coon shit, like how you had to check that one nigga, like, hey, nigga, um, you can't do that in your hometown. You can't do that where you're from while you shitting on America and nah, saying all this kind of stuff. You ain't protesting against the government in Africa. Yeah. 
And the thing is, is in America, they throw, you know, a little tear gas or whatever, them concussion grenades. In Africa, them police are shooting live rounds at the protesters. Them live bullets. What made him feel so comfortable to be able to just... did he did he look at you and think you was just gonna co-sign it? Like, oh, he's just going. Yeah, great. I was recording shit. So he said it to the right in front of my phone. Look at these animals. Look at what they're doing. Shit, man, you wish you could do some shit like that in your country. I can't say nothing. Oh, you laid it on thick. I wish I had that yeah. footage. I wish I really had yeah. that footage. You called that. Shut him up real quick. You 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 told him to his face that he was a cool. Yeah, you're a whole coon. Get out of here, dude. You don't even know <laughs> what you're talking about, He didn't man. really These respond. Fighting like that is why you ain't in a real suppressive country in Africa. You're lucky to be over here. Yeah, he didn't really respond. <laughs> I think you even told yeah, him. Yeah, that's right. He I, probably does, wasn't expecting that response from me. You know, I had a I had a homie that I was talking to not too long ago. One of my homies, he was he's from East Africa. He's from uh he was from Somalia, and he was. He was working, he, you know, he was a, uh, he's a brother in like the data center and Cisco engineering and stuff. And he was talking about how like he went to go do a job and this white dude, this little conservative white dude, he probably figured, okay, yeah, I got one of these little immigrant coon niggas. He's going to side with me. And he said something, he said something real slick about black folk. And he said something like, oh, he said, ain't you so happy to be here? Uh, ain't you happy to be here in the land of the free and you know you ain't around all these American blacks or he said something real slick and he thought my homie was just gonna kind of go along with it you know on some oh I'm I'm afraid to, to stand up and say anything or I'm just gonna go along to get along and he was in the elevator with him they were going down on the elevator so he said ain't you so happy to be here on the land of the free and you know you're an immigrant you're doing well ain't you happy to be here Should, shouldn't you be grateful he was on some on some real race social shit and so my homie was like you know what he said i don't i don't thank you and the white dude was like what do you mean you know don't, ain't you happy to be here he said you know i'm happy to be here he said i thank jerome and he i guess he when they got out the elevator he pointed to like a, a just a random brother a random American black man. He said, "You see that brother, that brother right there, that's Jerome." He said, "I, he said, I thank Jerome." He said, "I thank Jerome's ancestors for making it possible for me to be here." I don't thank you. Oh, the white dude didn't know what to do. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't know what to do. He didn't. He 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 didn't know what to do. He was just like, you know. And that goes back to like when I played the audio about the conservatism and stuff like that. They use that under the guise of. A lot of times I hear that even with a lot of the Trump crowd, they'll say they tried and they use that with Kanye a lot. They said, oh, well, you know, you're a free, be a free thinking black man, be free. You asked them one question. Hey, man, what you think about black folks to get reparations? What you think about that? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I wasn't here around that. Why should I have to pay for that? I wasn't here and all. They'll they'll tell you that real quick. I mean, fast. They'll tell you that real fast because like you told me. You pointed you pointed out a good um standpoint at one point, bro. You said the race soldier looks at it like this. That's my wealth. That's I'm living a good life. I don't want to give that up. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I you know, I don't want to give that up. That's you know, and they know damn well they owe. They know it. 
Where's the money coming from, though? You think they thinking? Wait a minute. They thinking it's coming from the average white dude's thinking I'm gonna be the one paying for this, and he's not. You know what it is? Yeah, but they don't know that. Oh, they know. So that's why they oh, say they fuck know. no. They if know. white people they know, bro. knew, wait they a minute, know. this ain't coming out of my pocket, I'd be all right with it. Or yeah. I might not have the same, you know, emphasis. White people are going to pay for it whether they know it or not. You know how they know? Let me tell you. I'm going to let you in on a little secret how they know how they know. Race soldiers. I'm not talking about white people that are not white supremacists. Talking about race soldiers, race soldiers, which is probably at least 60% of America, if not more. Race soldiers that abide by the white supremacist code are taught by the tender age of 10. Not only that, it's not so much about because we know reparations and all that. This is a government thing. This is from you gotta keep keep in mind, bro that the government sanctioned slavery, the government sanctioned Jim Crow laws. It was the government, it was all government laws and institutions, state, even if they say, well, federal said you can't do this to a nigga, whatever. It was all government law and institution. So the, the federal government got plenty of money to give us our money back. But the white man's thinking like, the race soldier's thinking like, well, hey, you know what? Whether it comes out of my pocket or not, you Negroes now have a piano. You remember when do you remember when I told you about the Rosewood mentality? The piano. In Rosewood, Florida. I tell this story, I probably told this story on this podcast a thousand times. And I like to nail it all the time. The Rosewood mentality. What is the Rosewood mentality? The Rosewood mentality is this. In Rosewood, Florida, there was a section where the descendants of slaves fresh off the 40, 30, 40 years or so off the plantation, built up their own land, saved their own land, might've sharecropped. You know, they bit the bullet for about 30 years or so, cut their literacy in half in less than 50%, in less than 25 years, built their own shit. Because, you know, if, if your folks were slaves, you knew how to, I mean, you got to think, foundationals built all of the country. The country wasn't shit until... We were stolen from the motherland, stripped of our knowledge itself, and forced to work on this motherfucker for 400 years. So, yeah, we're going to know how to build up the capital and build up everything. So, black folks built shit like they always have. They built everything, and they're like, okay, we got our homes, we got our log mills, we have everything that we need. So, the race soldiers were like, well, damn, these niggas getting rich. They're not slaves anymore. They don't have to work and pick cotton. And they living better than us. So you had the Rosewood mentality where you had black folks that had a piano. Now, ground piano was like having a Bentley back in the day. <laughs> so you had some right. rednecks that was like, man, hold on. This nigga got a piano. In that movie, Rosewood. Rest in peace. Uh, 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 what's the dude that did um, Baby Boy? Was it John Singleton? Yep, John Singleton. He, he directed that. That's a classic. John Singleton directed Baby Boy around the same time Booty Call came out. You know which one probably sold more, but that's another subject. The white dude was mad. He said, that nigga got a piano. That nigga got a piano. The white, the other white guy's like, you don't even know how to play no piano. What difference does it make to you? He said, that don't make no difference. He said, that nigga got a piano. And I ain't got one. So that's the Rosewood mentality, bro. They know that the federal government gonna pay for it. It ain't coming out their damn pocket. 
But in their mind, they like, man, fuck these niggas. That happened a long ass time ago. Now, when it comes to Ukraine, like you, you painted a picture that I never thought about. And I always bring that up. You said wherever the white man lands is home. You remember yeah. when you told me that? See, and that's wherever how he invests his money is home too. Wherever he invests his money is home. You said wherever he comes is home. Wherever he goes, anywhere on the globe, the globe yeah, is his I'm robe home. and the earth is his turf. Anywhere he goes is home. That's how it's really supposed to be for us. When I go anywhere around the world, Papua New Guinea, Ghana, Ghana wherever. When, we, when a black person goes somewhere, it's supposed to be home, right? But it's yeah. not. It's not. And like when you talk about the Willie Lynch complex and stuff like that, they've engineered that for hundreds and hundreds of years for so long to where it's like, okay, well, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, we know you're foundational. We know that you built this shit, but nigga, you're still like an illegal. You're not a citizen. Orlando, you're not a citizen, Mike Brown. You're not a citizen, um, George, George Floyd. You're not a citizen, Sandra Bland. You's a nigga. We have a special relationship with you because we used to have you on the cotton fields. So the conservative white man is like, we know our niggas. We have a special relationship with you because we've been around you for a long time. You probably had made sure that you um, took care of our kids. So you got to keep in mind the race soldier, bro. He has a special vendetta against foundational blacks specifically because he looks at it like, well, y'all niggas got the nerve to say we don't want to pick cotton. So a lot of times, like when remember when we were kids, they talked about slavery and they always talked about, well, you know, this happened in slavery and that happened in slavery. And one thing, bro, that we forget when we was when we was in South High and they showed us roots. You remember in, in past ours class, they showed us roots. We yeah. just seen people that was we seen Kunta and then we seen him when he got older. And remember Kunta at one point, because keep in mind, Kunta was they took him directly from the motherland. So in his mind, he was still like, man, I'm trying to get back home. Now, it's you so far away. You ain't getting back home. But in well, that's his why mind, they cut his leg off. They right? cut his, his leg foot. off. And they knew that he he had the spirit of a warrior. Like, okay, he's not satisfied no matter. Yeah, you change his name. They beat him. They whipped him. But nigga, I'm not Toby. That's my American name, but that's not who I am. I'm not satisfied with being here. I want to go home. He probably knew deep down inside he's not going to go home. But remember when he married his wife? Remember when they sold his daughter? Yeah. And his wife. Kizzy. Yeah, his Kizzy. But remember his his wife, I forgot, Belle. Belle, she, she was a foundation. I mean, like, her, okay, genetically, yeah, she was African. But what I'm saying is she's never seen Africa. So this was around the time, like I say, they stripped niggas' knowledge of self for at least a couple hundred years. Right? So... Bell, Bell never seen Africa. So when she used to hear the African story, she'd probably be like, okay, these old crazy Africans. You know, she don't, she don't know Africa. She's like, nigga, I'm, I'm nigga. I'm a nigga. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm American. I ain't no African. I'm, I'm, I'm a nigga. I'm a slave. Like shit, this is my life. You see what I'm saying? Right. So remember when they sold Kizzy and he picked up the sand and he looked at the, and he looked at the sun, like, you know, and she's like, what you doing? And he said, well, they say if you pick up 
the sand of what your your daughter's footsteps that somehow the ancestors may bring her back and that's when bell just snapped on his ass like either either somebody lied to you or you've been lied to or you lying to me she said they ain't never gonna bring her back never you see what i'm saying she accepted it like okay nigga you a slave i'm a foundational you a slave this is your life they're never gonna bring our daughter back she already accepted that shit so she's kind of looking at him he's still like he's still in his mind thinking okay well what i'm gonna do i'm but what i am gonna do is i'm gonna instill into my daughter that don't you know yeah we understand you're on this plantation but you need to understand your people are from the motherland this ain't this ain't what we were so that's how the story supposedly got passed down where like okay yeah you you on the plantation you 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 a, you a black american you a slave but don't never forget your heritage because you want to be free so that was his whole goal is like okay i'm probably never going to be free but i want my daughter to be free you see what i'm saying so right you know in school they made it seem like the only story they really told was roots right and they made it seem like well you know hey these black folks basically just suffered and just accepted it and that wasn't true niggas was down there in florida and down there in the south tearing shit up fucking over plantations and shit not everybody was just accepting that shit there there was people that was really tearing shit up that's how slavery came down it wasn't because lincoln lincoln didn't do shit lincoln had to sign something over because the north and the south is like wait a minute the north is like wait a minute you you niggas is working these niggas for free we have to pay these niggas up north and the right. north was just as much a part of slavery as the south if not more um washington dc look at the new york stock exchange bro. you know the new york stock exchange right. do you know that was based on black bodies that's new york wow yes that was new york see they give the north a pass because they figure okay the Black Lives Matter Corporation, not Boots on the Ground, the Corporation. Do you know how we talked about, like, okay, you know like the abolitionists? Okay, look at the Planned Parenthood right now. Planned Parenthood and all that, they like the so-called abolitionists. We gonna save black women by killing their babies. That's Planned Parenthood. Okay, now, that's the same thing as that white abolitionist in the North. They went, they pulled some Black Lives Matter corporate shit and said, look, you niggas that's down south working for free, that ain't right. We need to go down there and tell them that they're wrong. And that's what they did. It was a hustle. So they went down there and told the white folks down there it was wrong. Oh, this is the unmoral thing to do. And you know, this is how the, the south said, well, wait a minute. You sold us these niggas up in Maryland and New York and DC right by the white house you were selling niggas you know you you know how like you tell me about Lafayette Park man look you told me about sports how racist sports is sports the chopping block auction block hey we got a strapping big buck he got a he got a big body big arms big dick everything he's man he's ready to mate five thousand dollars for this nigga he's six foot seven LeBron James (laughs) 
Right. We're going to make some money. So, so that's how they, yeah, they did it. So the South was like, wait a minute, you sold us these niggas. Now you're trying to convince us that it's wrong. So that's what the Civil War was. Like, all right, nah, nah, nah. And we ain't giving up on niggas. You know, can you imagine being a white man back in Louisiana or some shit? I seen them plantation when I went to New Orleans last year, bro. That shit was heartbreaking. Can you imagine a, a white man that owned about 100 niggas on a plantation sitting around drinking lemonade on some Django Unchained shit? And then you telling him that he can't have no more niggas. This is his family legacy. He's like, I'll be damned. I'll go to war over this shit. All this free labor and I can rape who I want and make some more niggas? Please. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's how they, that's how the right. South looked at War, it. So they like, belly warmer. Belly warmer. How dare you tell me that me, the same niggas that you sold me, you're going to come down on some Black Lives Matter corporate bag shit. That's what they did, bro. They said, look, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter, old black women is the patriarchy and feminism and all. They use that kind of shit. Like, hey, these Negroes are so poor and lowly. They shouldn't be working for free. But white people in the North was like, well, damn, I, you know, the only reason why we don't want niggas working for free is it upsets the economic discourse. Because if you got a black person, bro, working for you for free, you don't pay them anything. How can you compete? The yeah. North had industry, but the South had cotton and sugar and tea and shit like that. Like, but they're not paying their workers. You got a nigga working for free. You didn't you don't own this nigga since he was two years old. You don't own this nigga since literally you've owned this nigga since he was two years old. See, I, I went way off course, but what I was my, my overall point was when we were watching Roots. I got I got way off course. But when we were watching Roots, we seen Kunta. Kunta was probably 16, 17, 18, 19. But we didn't really think about the toddlers that was picking cotton. I got pictures, bro, I can show you where you're looking at this little kid picking cotton and he's like, man, is he four, five? Life stripped away from him. You see what I'm saying? So so, so when you, when you talk to the white conservative, he's going to say, well, pull up your bootstraps. I didn't have anything to do with it. But as Dr. Claude Anderson and Mr. Uh, Amos Wilson said, you're reaping the benefits. So they're like, well, no, I don't want to pay for it. He's not going to pay for it. But it's it, he knows he's not going to pay for it, fam. That's, that was my overall point to you. He's not. He knows he's not going to pay for it. But he don't give a fuck. He's like, no, I don't think another white man should pay for it. <laughs> That's how he looks right. at the federal government. Like, yeah, he's white. He shouldn't have to pay for it. I don't want you niggers. Can you... Think about this for a minute, bro. Can you imagine? I'm waking up tomorrow morning, no holds barred, no funny shit, and I'm just getting a hundred, hundred thousand dollars tax free in my bank account. We we just starting off talking. We just starting off talking because they owe us way more. But can you just let's just say a hundred thousand, just a hundred thousand, tax free, and. An anti-racism an anti -black racism crime bill. You know what that means? Right. Retroactive. That means 94 crime bill, Jim Grunkrow Joe, he gets indicted like Trump. You architected a bill that violated the descendants of slaves that was supposed to be protected under the Dawes Act. That means Jim Crow Joe goes to prison for life. 
for violating the constitution and sedition against the United States over the black folks that built this country. That means Joe and his his whole son, his whole family lineage goes to fucking Guantanamo Bay. White folks is like, no, absolutely not. Because now we're gonna start looking at some of them lynching pictures. And we gonna be like, all right, how old were you when you were in that picture? Oh, you were 14? Crime bill. You see what I'm saying, bro? Like, we, we do you like how, how these bitches doing Bill Cosby now. Oh, he touched me 40 years ago, but I don't remember there's no DNA, still give them. Yeah, we starting to go back 40, 50 fucking years to say, wait a minute, damn it. You were there when, when Emmett Till got killed. Oh, you were there when Sandra Bland got lynched. You were in the jail cell. You seen it. Okay, you get an indictment. There's no statute to limitation of murder. I don't give a fuck how old this old bitch is. You getting your ass ran down to the, you getting your ass ran down to Guantanamo Bay. You violated the freedmen's rights, which are supposed to be under a protected class in the United States Constitution. Shout out to uh, uh, order number uh, order number 15. You got to think that the race soldiers like, I'll be damned. Hell no, I don't want no shit like that. Because now what that does is that digs up all the dirt and says, wait a minute, your grandmama, your mama, everybody that was there for that lynching. No, we taxing all you motherfuckers. That's why. Yeah. So when you say they don't know, oh, they know. Oh, they know. Because they, they now, now, now on the flip side, I'll say this. This whole CRT bullshit. Oh, well, critical race theory, which is a bunch of crap. There's no such thing as racism as a theory. Racism is a law and a religion in this country. It wouldn't have survived if it wasn't. There is no theory. It's a fact. I mean, whatever happened to schools, um, that stuff should be taught at home. Right. Now, however... Whatever happened to the schools teaching kids math and English right. now, and how, reading and writing, what happened to that? I don't like the theory part where they say, oh, racism is a theory. Because now, now... Race shouldn't even be brought up in school. Oh, it absolutely Learn that should. shit at home. It, oh, it absolutely teach my kids. Teach my kids how to read, rat, write, uh, math. You know, well, what they're doing now is they're saying black history shouldn't be taught at all. Black history is American history. There is no history. No history should be taught at all. History shouldn't be taught in school. Oh, yes, it should. You know why? Let me tell you why. Because see, now, once you say that, once there's no history in school, now you could say, now, now, now here's, here's the devil's advocate, bro. Once you say that no history should be taught in school, now, if something happens to you, like what has happened to our folks, they can say, well, that didn't happen. So therefore, no one's, no, no one's responsible for it. Now, guess what they're doing now? It should be taught now? in the house. It should be taught now. now, now Mom okay, and dad. Now, now, what you're saying for our people, that's what we're going to do anyway. We're going to have to do anyway because they're, they're taking the history out of the books. And what they're doing is they're saying, hey, hey, Jimmy. You want to know how to put a condiments in another man's anus? That's what they're teaching in school, which is they got shit to do with no damn math and science. And see, science is history. Math is history. If you talk about Aristotle and you want to talk about Benjamin Banneker, if you say, well, we can't talk history, then we can't talk about science and math because we have to talk no. about the founders of history as well. We have to say, well, hey, Benjamin, Benjamin Banneker was the one that came up with the almanac. But see, if you say, well, we ban black history and we ban history, then you got to say, oh, Benjamin Banneker was just some nigga that was flipping a cheeseburger. No, the fuck he wasn't. Benjamin Banneker was the one that designed uh, Washington, D.C. 
See, that's the problem when you say, well, you can't teach history because he was a scientist and he was a mathematician by definition. Actually, Benjamin Banneker had overrided certain equations by these so-called white philosophers, which were mathematicians and scientists. See, Aristotle and all these so-called genius white philosophers and mathematicians and scientists. Benjamin Banneker found out stuff that they didn't even know about the solar systems and the planets and shit like that. That nigga was cold. So if you ban that, then you gotta ban him too. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, the race soldier, he's very crafty about, well, I don't really know. One thing they try to do too is, here's the thing, bro. They'll say, let's get rid of black history because they don't want our people to know it, which we should be teaching our children ourselves. I agree with that 110%. But if they don't teach their children it, like what they could do is they could just say, well, we don't talk about that. Like when I went to, when I went to New Orleans, let me tell you something. The older white lady, she had to have been in her fifties. She was giving the tour of the plantations. And you know what she told me? And she was in her fifties and she's giving a tour of the plantation. You know what she told me, bro? The right. old folks don't want to talk about it. Now she's wow. right. She said the old yeah. folks don't want to talk about it. And I said, well, what do they think about reparations or this or the slaves or whatever? She said, they don't want to say shit. The old folks don't want to talk about it because if they talk about it, they know they got to pay. Exactly. So, so they'll tell now she's white, but they don't want to talk about it because they're like, well, damn, if we talk about it, we know we owe. So if we say we don't know anything, we can't say, well, damn, Lake Lanier. What was Lake Lanier? Oh, the Lake Lanier is just a big ass lake. No, Lake Lanier was an all black town that was popping. Lake Lanier was like motherfucking uptown, nigga. And then they flooded it. They made up some fake rape claim, some, oh, well, Jerome touched Becky or whatever. You know, the normal shit they use. They, they use that playbook all across the nation in the early 1900s. Niggas had shit popping and they were like, man, you know what? These niggas getting stupid too much money. Like, like the rappers, like, like you always said, who picks the jury? We know you right. get too big. Hey, nigga, sign this record deal. Sign this record deal, Pac. Pac's like, man, you know what? I don't want to be a part of Death Row anymore. You ever thought about it when you were a kid, bro? About We, we thought, oh, man, it's dope, man. Death Row, Suge Knight. You ever think about the name? Death Row. Yeah, Death Row. Think record. about it for yeah, a minute. You, Death Row. You gonna die. You gon' God damn it. You gonna die. That's crazy. And once Pac figured it out, he was like, man, I gotta go. You were asking me something about Biggie the other day. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I like I say, I heard that Biggie didn't want to go to LA or he didn't want to go to Vegas, and Puff was like, man, go, go, go. Is Biggie yeah. worth dead? Is he worth more dead than alive? That's the question. Well, I don't know how much credit credibility there's a guy that'd be doing a lot of interviews saying he was Puffy's old bodyguard. I think his name is Gene. Have you seen the guy on YouTube? Yeah, I see. I, I did. Um, it's been it's been a long time, so I don't know. I don't. Yeah, he know. doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about Puffy. A lot of people don't. 
Yeah, he used to be Puffy's bodyguard, according to him. Well, here's Puffy the thing about the bodyguard. Never, here's the thing about the, the bodyguards. Will, they know more what? than they man. The bodyguards know a lot of shit. Yeah, but Puffy said he ain't never met him. <laughs> he ain't never met his own bodyguard. Nah, he said I don't know this nigga. He ain't my body. He was never my bodyguard. Oh shit, damn. You man. know, but dude said he he came out with some heavy claims about Diddy, man. He said Diddy knew all about the. He either said that Diddy set him up or the hit was intended for Diddy. They thought Diddy was in the car something, you know. But I've seen the thing where uh, Biggie's mom spoke out against Puffy. Yeah. She Let said me- she asked him to quit exploiting her son's name, quit using him in videos. And What do you and, think uh, about this right here? Let me play this for you. A run- this is important. based cyber criminal gang known as information on a worldwide hacking attack affecting some federal and state government agencies and even major universities. Officials say the attacks amount to cyber extortion, where the criminals are demanding ransom payment to return the data they stole. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge has the story. Officials believe a Russia-based cyber criminal gang known as CLOP is likely behind the breach. Since last month, the extortion group gained access to sensitive and personal information through a file-sharing app called MoveIt. This MoveIt file transfer app is widely used because it makes securing data so convenient. It makes it easy to move data in a way that's encrypted. So, so, so anybody in my listeners, don't mess with that app. Leave it alone. A lot of people what did, say it again for the people. Uh, move it. It's something called move it that the that the ransomware attackers use. Um, it's very interesting that they bring that up because again, and and we know we know the deal. But when you look at, remember when they said ever since like Trump got elected and you know all kind of stuff, Obama, whatever the case may be, that there has been a lot of matter of fact. I'll bring it up to not Rittenhouse, but that the Buffalo shooter. If you notice the way that New York handled that case, that dude had ties to FBI hey, agents uh, and all kinds of stuff. Yep. I got I to gotta fly, guys. This call I got to take is very important. Okay, well, look. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. I'm going to continue. Okay. You guys right. have a great evening. Appreciate it. Now... Let me see. What do we got here? Hold on. So, okay. The Buffalo shooting with the black folks that got shot out there in Buffalo. The way that they handled that, I think, was very interesting. They said that the guy had ties to FBI agents or something crazy like that. For him to buy all that armor and do all of that. You would think that they would have had been able to investigate this dude a little bit more. And they didn't. They really didn't. Let's get this going. Oh, yeah. Um, American targets include the Energy Department, plus Johns Hopkins affiliated hospitals in Maryland and Florida, Georgia's statewide university system, the Minnesota Department of Education, and overseas, Shell and British Airways were hit. Bob Gourley is the former chief technology officer for the Defense Intelligence Agency. What stands out in this attack? The adversaries have a chance to get two bites from the same this- apple, meaning 
First, they can put ransomware on your computer and say, you can never use your data again unless you pay us money. But meanwhile, they have a copy of your data. So the next request comes. In this message, believed to be from the cyber criminals, the group warns that if a ransom is not paid, after seven days, all your data will start to be published, sometimes on the dark web, where foreign adversaries are looking to leverage the data. They've started releasing some of the data that was stolen as part of their work to extort these companies. Ann Neuberger is the White House Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber and Emerging Technology. We strongly encourage anyone who is a user of this software to, of course, patch, lock down their systems. U.S. government officials told reporters there is no... Well, I don't know. Got to be careful with that. Check this out. This is interesting. Got to use Brother Chat. If you're new here, my name is Lucy. I'm an ex to act as a tutor and properly answer these five questions. But for this video, I'm just going to tell ChatGPT that I'm someone looking to land a job in the cloud and want to get AWS certified. Okay, so here's what ChatGPT is suggesting to me. But of course, based on your own responses, the roadmap you get might be different. They want me to start off with the AWS cloud practitioner exam and then choose a specialization, learn the relevant services, and then you know do some hands-on exercises. However, despite ChatGPT being really good at giving you advice on what to do, it does have a few limitations. Firstly, ChatGPT is not always accurate. A common saying for this is ChatGPT sometimes hallucinates facts and figures that may not be true. Now, it does do that sometimes. One thing about Ch Brother Chat, ChatGPT to be exact, Brother Chat is something where I think you need to use it as like a formatting or uh, like a formulation tool. You want it to kind of get your words together. It'll write whatever you need. So you don't have to sit there and dilly dally around and do none of that. You can basically take your ideas and say, all right, I need you to form something. I need you to so-called terraform something, you understand? So if you're a black IT professional or any IT professional for that matter, and you're going to craft your resume, it will give you a variation and a wide variety and an array of words in which you can make your resume look good and fine and dandy in a matter of time. It doesn't really take too much long. That's the beauty of it. Oh, we gotta start this over. It's off the hook. Speaking of which, I wanna play some old school this is some old school stuff and watch. And this is about, this is in Watts where it was some black folks that was basically saying, hey, look, you have people spinning a narrative. This is a while ago, this is many years ago, but they were spinning a narrative that black folks was robbing Mexicans and doing them dirty or whatever like that. But check this out. See if I can get this this volume up. Got her house broken. Black people house been getting People been breaking them, been breaking them black people houses over here for years. Mm -hmm. She ain't the only person got her house broken. 
Black people have been getting broken. So what do you think is the, is the solution to the whole uh, the whole mess? Everything uh, happened to them. Everything, to everything happened to them happened to everybody else. Right. People, black people getting their house breaking into. Right. The same thing happened to them. It's happening to us. Right. They broke into my house. My house was broken into, and I'm black. Yeah. And they the same thing the happened to her. It's happening to us. They also say uh, somebody assaulted uh, her two daughters. That's a real man. People get assaulted in fucking hood. Right, riding around with drugs. Jumping out their motherfucking car with guns. We don't know who they is. And they talking about, look, they talking about the race soldiers that's jumping out and jumping out on them. Police out all motherfucking hood. Right, riding around with a real man. People get assaulted in here every day. Every day, every day. This is Watts. I got assaulted myself. Look at my eyes. That's not the point here. I got assaulted myself. Get the motherfucking police out of our motherfucking hood. Right, riding around with drugs. Jumping out their motherfucking car with guns. You don't know who they is. They jumping out like guns, but with their guns out. Like they won't have a shootout around this motherfucker. They don't know who did that shit. They said nothing about masking They want to see racism. You let yeah, a black brother get killed around We cannot identify with what she's talking about because, you know, she she's Latino. We black. The majority over here is black. You know, Latinos, there's not that many over here. So anything that'll happen, you know, they're going to do it to the Latinos first. Take your interview on the van. We'll be in the interview over here and you'll just Take your interview on that side. Okay, it looks like they're in the grapes. I see a guy with a with a necklace on with a grape. So they're in the grapes. Hold on, let me get some more footage. Latinos, that's an easy victim. Latinos, they don't hardly be home. They be gone working. So, you know, you have a few people that break in their house and do shit like that. You know, we've been trying to, to get all that shit to stop because we stay right next door to each other. Right. You know, how you how somebody gonna break in his house and then I don't see and I'm at home all day. You know, we trying to live together and come together as a community. We don't need this bullshit. It's just like the lady said, some sick individual did something real stupid. That's now they're trying to blame it on the whole community and it's nothing like that. We've been trying to live with our Mexican people, man, because right. that's what it's about. You know, it ain't us against them, it's us against y'all. Now can you let's go Now you notice the hazard gang in East in uh they were firebombing black folks. They didn't want, they, they, they this came down from the Mexican mafia. You see the difference? You see the difference? Black folks uh, in the California state prison, any shot callers, they wasn't sending out no hits to cleanse the neighborhood, to racially cleanse the neighborhood. Man, please. Let's go back to the very beginning. You're saying there isn't racial tension here. The media has been blowing it. Let's hear from you a little bit about that because we want to get it straight. You know, well, for us, y'all say like it's racial tension. The Mexicans been in here for over a year. Ain't nothing like this ever happened. Nope. You know, we see a few black brothers, you know, trying to rob Mexicans, you know, disrespecting the ladies. Man, we stops all that shit, man, before that shit even gets started because we do not want the LAPD and the sheriffs down here with that bullshit they be pulling every night. Just like last night, the police come through here and unmarked cars. They like four police jumped out the car, then nobody knew they was police. They had guns out, they went to telling everyone to come here. People went to looking at them like, you know, what is y'all doing? You know, what y'all trying to do? Have a shootout with us or something? You know, what y'all trying to kill somebody black over here because of what happened? You know, everybody not all off into this. We sympathize with the people just like everybody else. We don't know who did it. You know, y'all have to do your job. You see, that's what I'm saying. Just a little refresher. 
Just a little refresher. Oh, are we gonna play? Ah, this sweet respended. I was gonna play this this uh some old Friedman energy here. Oh, this is interesting. I want to play that for y'all real quick. This is interesting. Pressure or any any kind of prejudice. Uh, I mean, golf's golf's quite often seen as a you know an upper class. This is Tiger Woods talking about. Um, did you ever feel race that? soldiers in uh, golf? Every time I go to a major country club, always feel it. You can always sense it. Um, people are always staring at you. What are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. Um, when I go to Texas or Florida, you always feel it because uh, they're saying, "Why are you here? You're not supposed to be here." And uh, that's probably because that's where all the slavery was. So, uh, oh well. So, do you, do you feel in some ways that you can help change that if you became yes. if you became like the the next Jack Nicholas type figure or the next Tom Watson? That maybe that would re-educate people. Since I'm black, it might be even bigger than Jack Nicholas. I might be even bigger than him. Um, I may be a, sort of like a Michael Jordan in basketball, or something like that. Okay, and, and again, one, if you have one ambition, say one tournament to win, what would it, what would it be? What's, what's the tournament that really captures your imagination? The Masters. Why is that? The way uh, the blacks have been treated there. You know, they shouldn't be there. And if I win that tournament, it'll be really big for us. Okay, well, good luck anyway, Tyler. Okay. Thanks a lot. Good, mate. Any kind of pressure or any... Well, here you go. So all that stuff that they said about Tiger Woods, I, you know, I used to hear the things, but it is what it is. We'll cover some more. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't get into. I went into my little mini, mini, mini history rants. Um, we're going to do this again as soon as possible. But before we go, we're going to play a little bit of... We gonna play a little bit of some um, DJ Fresh remix of uh, Dog Pound real quick, real quick. Trying to get paid the right way, but somehow the right way don't pay. Coming home late every night, gotta struggle and fight with the bass heads on the late night hype. Trying to creep in the house through the cut, what? So I won't be singing by none of the homies, but the homie they dog spots me and say yo, what's happening? No, you don't know me no more. I'm telling you, they had it. I appreciate y'all rocking with me. It's been too long. We're going to do it again real soon. Over and out.